Welcome to Confessions of a Realtor. As an active, full-time realtor serving Tallahassee and the surrounding areas since 2014, it was time to use my experience to educate consumers on the whys and hows behind the home buying and home selling processes. We'll have some fun, I'll share some crazy real estate stories, and keep you informed on realtors' best kept secrets. Why? Because when you're informed, you can make empowered decisions. Let's get into it. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Confessions of a Realtor. Today, we're going to discuss how do you choose a realtor? And this question is definitely one that I wanted to address because I've been asked it by people before who know multiple realtors. And it's so easy for people to know multiple realtors because even in our local Tallahassee Board of Realtors, there's about 2,000 agents. So most people know multiple real estate agents, and I'm here to help you weed through figuring out if someone is going to be a good fit for you. At the top of this conversation, I do want to discuss just overarchingly how realtors learn. Because when you're working with a realtor, you want someone who's good at their job. So how do realtors get good at their job? It's not just the number of years that realtors have held a real estate license, because really all that's required to keep your license is that you have to complete continuing education courses every eight months and you have to pay your dues to the Tallahassee Board of Realtors. And those two things are very simple for people to do. So I do understand why sometimes it's hard making a choice for a realtor or for your realtor. The way that realtors actually learn is by doing deals. That means helping families get in and out of homes, helping families move. That is how we learn. And even eight years in, I would say that probably 80% of my transactions, we know what's going to happen. It's pretty step-by-step. Yes, every process is unique because you have different people in every transaction, but it overall follows the same or a similar pattern to where we can anticipate things. But there still is that 20% that throws you a curveball. So real estate to me is a constant adventure of learning. It's a constant adventure of growing because you're constantly faced with new challenges and have to help different personalities at different addresses get to other different addresses. We learn by doing deals. So don't be afraid to ask your realtor or one that you're considering, how many deals did you, not your firm, but did you do last year? So last year, 2021, we did about 50 deals. And this year we're on track to do better than that. So you do want to see that someone is actively in their role and they are actively helping people. Not only do we gain contractual experience by working deals, we We also gain just a knowledge of the market when we are actively working deals and know how to anticipate market shifts based on the contracts that we're negotiating. We just came out of a very strong seller's market and then that market shifted very abruptly. And when it shifted very abruptly, that meant that we had to give our sellers different advice. That meant that we had to give our buyers different advice. So for example, in a strong seller's market, we would tell our clients, hey, prep your home well 
well. You want to put your best foot forward, but we know that your home is in a really good area based on our pricing and marketing strategy. We should be able to pull in multiple offers for you. And then we'll go through the multiple offer process so you can pick the best offer for you. So that's some of the advice that we were consistently giving when we had a very strong seller's market. When the market suddenly shifted, now we had to really encourage our sellers to do more prep to get their home ready for the market. We had to encourage them to be mindful of the competition so other sellers selling their homes, they are not just the only home that's for sale. You're not just the only buyer's choice. And those things do go into negotiation. Then also with that conversation when the market shifted, there was a lower chance of sellers getting multiple offers. It wasn't just put up the property, prep it well, and expect multiple offers. It required a different strategy. And those strategies are things that clients do benefit from. One thing that you'll also want to ask in your vetting process is how a realtor's business is structured. Me personally, I am a lead agent. I have an assistant. And then I also have a few showing assistants that help out from time to time with showing property. And I did that because I cannot do everything myself. When I first started off in the business, I was a part-time agent and then a full-time agent. And then my business really started growing. And as it grew, I just found I could not service everyone doing everything by myself. It was burning the candle at both ends and I was getting pretty burnt out. So I had to make sure that I enlisted the help of others to be able to help my clients get to their goals. So you'll also want to ask that question as well. Just how is their business structured? Now, let's go back to your vetting process about experience. A lot of times people will assume that the most experienced realtor is the realtor who has held their license for the longest time. And that's not always the case. Sometimes you could have someone who has held their license for 15, 20 years and they've done one deal a year. So I'm not knocking that. Real estate is a beautiful career. You can be as busy as you want to be and you can even choose to work with clients or not choose to work with clients. I do not know every real estate agent's goals. So if it's working for your goals, that's fine. But if you're looking for an agent who is going to be more active, the average realtor really only sells 12 homes a year. So that's on average one a month. If you assume a 50-50 split between seller clients and buyer clients, that means that they may be helping six sellers and six buyers every year. So you want to look for experience. You want to look for active experience. What are they doing now with their license? And making sure that they're not just holding their license. If you want someone who's going to really be able to tell you what the market is doing and how you can actively negotiate based on the current data that we have. Another thing that you're going to want to consider, and this is actually how most of my clients actually come to me, is their social proof. And by social proof, that means that's not just social media, but it's also do people in the community know them? Are they referred to you? Did you ask your family and friends about them? Did they, your family and friends have a good experience? That's honestly one of the reasons 
reasons why I really encourage my clients to write even reviews for me. So I can't dictate the reviews or anything like that, but I do encourage them to leave me reviews on Google, on Zillow. I need to be better about Realtor.com. I also have some reviews on my Facebook page, but that is a conscious effort to know that, hey, most people in today's day and age, they are going to go Google you as soon as they hear your name, particularly if it's associated with a business. They're going to go do their own research. And so you want to make it easy or you want to have an easy time choosing an agent based on their reviews. And you should also be looking for, I would say, consistent reviews. So you want to look at their social proof. Are they active in the community? Are you able to see that they are currently doing real estate because that is so, so important to your transaction. The other thing that you want to look at is do they play well with other agents? I'm not saying that realtor to realtors have secret handshakes or backdoor deals, anything like that. But what I am saying in the way that I often say it to clients is that Tallahassee is a small town. So realtors know who are honest, ethical agents and who they want to deal with versus who do they have to deal with because their client really likes the property that another agent has listed or the client, which would be a seller client in this case, really likes the offer that their buyer presented. And that does affect your transaction. To be honest, there are some agents that I do not want to work with. I will because I have to and I'm representing my client well. I'm always going to be professional, but there are definitely some agents that I know that I'm going to have to watch my back with, that I know that I'm going to have to make sure all I's are dotted, all T's are crossed, kind of be in a little state of paranoia for the 30 to 5 to 40 days while we're under contract because maybe they don't operate the most ethically. This also, I would say, was of real importance or this factor knowing you choosing an agent that has a good reputation with other agents was especially a factor when we were in a seller's market. In that seller's market, we had a lot of multiple offers. Now, the truth is that multiple offers on a property can happen at any point in any market, but with the strong seller's market that we were in, we were getting a lot of multiple offers on properties. So sometimes if the offer didn't have a pre-approval or didn't have a pre-qualification letter, or if there were details of the offer that weren't clear or if you could just tell that like one time there was a buyer's agent who submitted an offer on one of my seller's properties and her clients had written a letter to the sellers. Nothing against that currently in the state of Florida, but they had recycled the letter And let's say that my seller was Mr. and Mrs. Smith. They had left Mr. and Mrs. Brown on the letter. So those details or that particular detail was really a large part of the reason why the seller declined their offer. They were just initially offended that the buyers didn't even appear to be talking to them and they moved on to other offers. So you want to make sure that your agent that you're working with is detail oriented and also that they have a good reputation. Now here, I always kind of feel bad a little bit for agents that are just trying to break into the market when we have multiple offers because typically people are going to go with a name that they know. They're going to, or seller's agents are typically going to encourage their clients to more so consider an offer from somebody that they have history with, from somebody that they know that they work well, they know that they bulletproof their transaction. I know how you talk to your clients. And again, it's not because of a secret handshake deal or anything like that. And I used to feel as though this was 
was something that really shouldn't be considered until you get further into the business and then you understand that clients are always going to feed off of their agent's energy. So if their agent is nervous or if their agent is telling them that the seller should be doing things that the seller is not contractually obligated to do, or if they actually say things that negotiate against their client because they're just trying to get the deal done, those are things that aren't putting your client in the best light. Those are things that are actually working against the client. And sometimes those are the reasons why maybe an offer isn't accepted because the other agent doesn't know your agent or doesn't trust your agent. So those things do matter. The next thing that I would encourage you to look at when you're vetting an agent is their personality. I try to be kind, but firm. I'm going to have a good time with you, but we're going to get to the closing table and we're going to be about business. We're going to operate ethically and we're going to make sure that everything is being carried out with the I's dotted and the T's crossed. That may offend some people. Some people don't like when people, especially women, are direct. It's always my goal to make sure that clients understand every potential repercussion that I see as far as the decisions that they are going to make. And sometimes I'll be honest, people just want to hear that everything's going to work out and that it's all going to be fine. And I'm not going to lie to you, Uh, you know, based on this decision that you're making, it may not be fine, but we need to talk about it. So you have to like how your agent also works with you and communicates with you as far as their personality. Another thing that you want to consider when you're vetting an agent is how you want to be communicated with. And if that's part of the agent's normal process, is that something that they're going to be willing to do? So depending on the situation, we communicate with email, text, and phone calls. Those are our three basic methods of communication. We will typically always call at important junctures and then also call throughout the week to make sure that our clients are satisfied with their process and make sure that if they have any questions that we're addressing them and getting ahead of those. And the reason why we do that is because when I first came into the industry, I would hear stories about how people closed with agents that they did not like and they didn't like their communication, but they would still close with them. And to me, that just didn't make sense. Why would you continue to work with a business that is not putting your needs first? So I do understand that a lot of times we as realtors, we get locked into our ways of communicating. And that's something that you definitely need to make sure works for you. My kind of rule of thumb, even though we do put a lot of stuff in writing, is that we want to make sure that people feel like there's a person on the other side of things. So we typically will make several phone calls to make sure that you understand what's going on. But then also we have kind of an internal rule to where if we're texting a client about something back and forth, even if it's something minor, if it gets to three text messages that we've sent and we can tell that the client is still not getting it or not understanding what is going on, we're gonna pick up the phone and call because we wanna make sure that you understand it. And then if it's a conversation that we feel needs to be documented, we're gonna send you an email about it. And we don't intend to offend you with that. It's really just making making sure that everybody is on the same page because again, this is the largest investment that most people are going to make. So we wanna make sure that it's done right. This kind of leads me to another story. I had an older client, an elderly client who wanted me to sell her home, but she also wanted to look at property prior to putting her home on the market. She wanted to see what was out there. And typically how we send clients properties is we will email them to them. We'll send them links. We ask 
ask that they please monitor their email and please monitor their text message while we are working with them. So we communicate through digital means whenever we're sending property out. She was very old school. Every time a new property came up, she wanted me to print the info sheet and drive to her house, which she lived pretty far out at Lake Jackson. And so I had to decline the offer to represent her because I knew I just was not going to drive out there every time. I knew that that method of communication was not going to be conducive to how I run my business. So I hope that those things gave you a little bit of perspective because like I said, we have about 2,000 agents in our local board. Most people know several realtors and you need to pick one that will work well for your goals. That's it for today's episode of Confessions of a Realtor. If you're looking for an active, full-time agent in the Tallahassee or surrounding areas, thinking about moving, or just want more real estate tips and tricks, the best place to connect with me is my Instagram page, Rachel Sells Homes 850. You'll also find it linked in the show notes. My Instagram also has a link in the bio to schedule a complimentary consultation with me, whether you're thinking about selling or purchasing. Alternatively, feel free to text me at 850-206-2199 and I'll respond during business hours. I look forward to connecting with you. 